Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Today I want to talk for a few minutes on the power of honour. The power of honour. It's something that is incredibly powerful. What does the word honour mean? It means to esteem to the highest level, to add weight to, to, to place value on something, and the more weight it has in our lives when you place value on it. And I believe that God wants us to know how to honour one another and to honour Him and to honour what He for freedom in our lives. I've seen the destruction that comes when we dishonour God and we dishonour His plans and purposes for our lives. I've seen the blessing that comes when we choose to do it God's way. And honour is a powerful, powerful truth. When we say the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed. That's a word of great honour. It's it's praise, acknowledging that He's our Heavenly Father. He's created us. So when we say, hallowed be your name, we're saying blessing and honour to your name. Blessing and honour to our God. <coughs> Today I want to look at the power of honour. Romans 12 verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Wow, that cuts right through all the selfishness and self-focus of our own lives. It talks about family, about the body of Christ. It talks about relationships and community. And we have so much today inspiring people to find their dream and fulfill it and to focus on your life and see breakthrough. And that's, that's good and healthy. But if we do that at the expense of doing it together, we've missed the whole plan of God for our lives. Because honour is about God, about the family of God, and it's about where you fit to that, and then you find blessing and freedom. In the Passion it says, Be devoted to tenderly loving (coughs) your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honour of one another. I love that. Try to do yourselves in ways to respect and honour one another. And boy, we see so many in our workplaces that that's not their goal in life. They're going to want to succeed regardless of who they walk on top of. Sometimes teenagers want their way regardless of what effect it's going to have on everyone else around us. I've seen some adults who have never grown out of that teenage mentality. They want, that's what we get. People who learn to honour one another, to honour the Lord, read them about their life. There's an attractiveness and you just want to hang around sort of people because they're trying to outdo each other in how they can show respect and honour to one another. I think what a beautiful key this is for our lives. And I believe that we need to be reminded today that this is a God principle and it brings great freedom in our lives. How do we honour? We honour by our work. We honour by our action. We honour by our attitudes. It's amazing. An attitude doesn't have to be said, but people pick it up, don't they? If you've got an attitude of love and acceptance, you don't have to say anything sometimes, but they know just by the, the feeling, by the actions, and by our words. And to honour someone actually is to add value to where you actually invest money, time, effort, even gifts to honour someone. And I know many in this church have discovered <coughs> the power of that, but some of us have been trapped by brokenness in our lives 
and we haven't known how to honour our parents or those in authority or to honour God and we wonder why sometimes our lives end up train wrecks when we think, hey, hold on, I've been doing a whole pile of right things. How come my life still keeps hitting the wall? This is sometimes one of the missing keys. I want to talk about a few of the people and situations we need to honour. Number one, I believe we need to honour the Holy Spirit. Honour the Holy Spirit. Give Him a place of prominence and focus. Be is God. I think when you think about God Himself, He reveals Himself as Father, Son and Holy Spirit and that's where we see honour modelled. Jesus came and He said He always honoured and revealed the Father. When the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit didn't draw attention to Himself. He revealed Jesus who showed us the Father. And you see, in the Godhead, honour is how Father, Son and Holy Spirit work all the time. None of them are trying to get their own attention. They are always honouring one another. And I think that is a very powerful... You look through the Bible and see, whenever Jesus spoke about the Father or the Holy Spirit, there was great honour and respect. When the Holy Spirit came, He he revealed Jesus and honoured the Father. When the Holy Spirit works in our life, He will always honour the Godhead and all the expressions of it. There was unity, because unity comes when there's honour. Disunity comes when there's selfishness and pain and hurting people end up hurting others and pushing people away. But when we honour, we're all drawn together. When a family honours one another, how, how, what an awesome place it is. When there's dishonour and rebellion in a household, watch out. But God has called us to honour. There's one uh, brief story in the New Testament in the early church where some people didn't honour the Holy Spirit And look at the results. This is a challenging story. We don't like reading these chapters. You've you've got a few chapters in the Bible you sort of skim over. Some has got different books we like to read and others we don't like to read. This one is powerful, but it also reveals this power of honour in the Spirit. Acts chapter 5 verse 1. They've just had a great revival. Thousands come in the kingdom. It says, Now a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira likewise sold their farm or their property. They conspired to secretly kiss. So when Ananias brought the money to the apostles, it was only a portion of the entire sale. Now they could have chosen to give none, some or all. The problem was they wanted to appear like they were more generous, so they were deceiving themselves and dishonouring God. And because this was the beginning of the church, God wanted to make sure this attitude didn't build. Someone's at the beginning of something, of a team or a new ministry, God will be very particular how the foundations come and the attitudes are, so he'll be very clear in making sure it's right. And that's what happened here. So God revealed their secret to Peter. So he said to them, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart and make you think you could lie to the... They didn't honour the Holy Spirit. They thought they could lie and deceive. You only pretended to give it all, yet you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of your property to keep for yourselves. Before you sold it, wasn't it yours to sell or keep? And after you sold it, you haven't lied to people, you've lied to God. The moment Ananias heard these words, he fell down dead. Oh, oh. thank God that doesn't happen regularly in church. 
Thank God we live under an age of grace. But the picture is here that sometimes we deceive ourselves. We don't honour the Holy Spirit. When He nudges us and tells us to do something, we think it's like an optional choice. But no, if we want to live and honour God, we choose to obey what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. We choose to honour one another in our lives. And the story goes on, we won't read it, but uh, it says everyone was terrified when they heard what had happened. Naturally, some young men came in, removed the body and buried it. Three hours later, the wife comes and the same story happens. Peter gives her an opportunity to be truthful, but they dishonoured the Holy Spirit and the same thing happened to her. It says great fear came over the church and the community. You can imagine. Well, did you put enough in the offering? It wasn't about the money, it was about the choice of heart because they could have chosen not to give any and God would have still blessed them. It was an optional choice here, but because they were lying to the Holy Spirit, God said, I've got to deal with that attitude of dishonor, otherwise it will spread in the church. And you know what happens in a family, if there's dishonor and independence and rebellion, unless that is broken and dealt with, chaos rules in that household for weeks, months or years. And yet God in his grace said, hey, the power of honoring one another is so awesome because there's unity and blessing and God is drawn to that because we've seen that in the Godhead. That's how it functions. And, uh, and a few verses later it says, great fear came over the community. And it says, not many people joined them. Two verses later it says, but many joined them. And if you read the detail, it says not many half-hearted people or people that were trying to attach themselves to the church for prestige came around because they knew this is a dangerous place to be. But thousands grew into the kingdom of God and says, hey, this is real and we want to live in a place of honour. Wow, that's what that story was about. Ephesians 4.30 says, The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience full salvation. So never the Spirit of God or take for granted His... I preach on those verses very often. They're not negative verses. They are actually powerful truth. Don't grieve Him honouring the Holy Spirit's leading in your life because He's always about freedom and good. Remember where the Spirit of the Lord is? There is freedom. So whenever the Holy Spirit's nudging us or convicting us, it's about your freedom and blessing for your life. But if we reject and dishonour it, we leave ourselves vulnerable for things to hold control us that aren't meant to. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test and afterward hold tightly what has been proven to be right. There is an implication in the content of this that if we put out the Spirit's fire when we scorn prophecy, prophecy is a valid gift of the Holy Spirit needed for the church today. And God wants us to honour prophecy, to honour His Word. And it says, don't restrain or put out or quench the fire of the Spirit. As a church, we're, we're into letting the Spirit flow, not quenching it in any way. And some of you look at me and say, boy, this is a bit heavy. Of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because we get familiar. And God says, hey, if you want to live in freedom, let's honour. So let's honour the Holy, Holy Spirit now and we'll see the beautiful freedom. How about honour in marriage? The Bible says... Hebrews 13, 4, marriage should be honoured by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. God wants us to honour our marriage partners if we're married and to honour the marriage vows that you've made. Sadly, this aspect in society has been so watered down 
and discredited and dishonoured and we wonder why we have strife in communities and families because we've dishonoured one of God's plans and purposes. You say, well, it's not easy. No, it's not, but we've been married nearly 40 years and it's a great joy if you choose to honour one another and honour your vows and the Holy Spirit and all of heaven's resources are there to help you fulfil those vows and commitments. But we've got to choose to honour what God says to honour. And if we do, there is blessing flows. Pulls back or out, then it's very difficult for that to work. But God has set that up as his plan. And so honour our marriage partners, honour our marriage vows, and honour the blessing of marriage. It's one of God's plans for community, for church, and for family and society. Very important. Number three, we need to honour God's word. Wow, I'm amazed. I'm amazed how easy it is to dishonour God's word. But look what happened in uh, Acts 13, 48. It says, when the Gentiles for eternal life believed. When we honour the word, of God, how do we honour the word of God? We read it. We obey it. We don't make it an optional extra. Though the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. In our world of optional extras and situational ethics, some of think, oh, it doesn't apply to us today. That's not honouring the Word of God. And once again, we think, oh, well, why is things not working out in my life? Because sometimes we haven't understood the power of honouring His living Word, of His love letters He sent to us. They're not just religious words and books. It is the living Word of God. Jesus came and said He was the living Word. And then we have the written Word that's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if we don't honour the Word, we're not honouring the Holy Spirit. And God wants to remind us, hey, there's great power in honouring the Word of God. And many people just think, oh, well, it's just a religious book and it's got some nice teachings in there. Yep, the Proverbs are good, the stories of Jesus are good, but some of the other stuff, that's just too hard. We'll just put that aside. That's not honouring the Word. The Holy Spirit wants us to help to understand. And uh, it's God speaking to honour the name of Jesus. And we do that in our church. We have a lot of songs we sing about Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. We worship Him because Jesus came to reveal the Father. He came to reveal kingdom life. Remember when Jesus taught, he says, the kingdom of God is like, and he told all these amazing stories and parables, because he knows we need pictures to try and translate spiritual things into earthly reality. That's why good teachers take um, pictures, stories, parables to communicate what people know to take them to where they don't know. And that's what the Holy Spirit does all the time <coughs> in our lives. The name of Jesus Acts 19.7, says, When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in earth. When people swear, do they swear in the name of Jesus? It's the devil's scheme to dishonor the name of Jesus. That's directly what it is. Apart from cultural and habits that come, but underneath it, it's a scheme of the enemy to, to dishonor the name of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. This is not to condemn anyone. You've got to understand the, the roots of things that happen. So we've, God's called us to honour the name of Jesus. Lift him up on high. Let's exalt him in our words and our worship and our actions, our attitudes. Let's honour the name of Jesus Christ. Don't let his name continue to be dishonoured in our society. Let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. 
Let it be on our lips, on our hearts, our attitudes. John 5.23 says, So that the honour that belongs to the Father will now be shared with His Son. So if you refuse to honour the Son, you're refusing to honour the Father who sent Him. Wow. Well, so if we honour Jesus, we honour the Father. If we honour the Holy Spirit, we're honouring Jesus and the Father. How amazing is that beautiful picture? And that's how He wants us to understand the power of it. Acts 4.8, I love this, Acts 3. The uh, crippled man gets healed. Peter and John get in trouble because they've healed a man. <coughs> How crazy is that? They're doing good. Still happens today sometimes. Christians still get in trouble for doing good. Just because we love and care for people. We lift up the name of Jesus. Acts 4.8 says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered, Respected elders and leaders of the people, listen, are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it's by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that the builders have rejected and now he's become the cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us. For there is only one name to whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. He's the way of salvation. It's no other schemes or philosophies. It's Jesus Christ still is the way, the truth and the life. And that's old-fashioned preaching, but it's the truth. And we need to live that out in our lives and our families. Parents, teach your kids to honour the name of Jesus Christ. Do it yourself by example and see how they will grow up to honour the name of Jesus Christ. And explain how the name of Jesus is dishonoured so that they can see how to honour. And let's do that in our hearts and in our lives. Then it goes on and said, The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training, hadn't been to Bible college. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with Him. Wow, wow, wow. If you hang out with Jesus in knowing His ways, guess what? Boldness comes, authority comes. If you honour Jesus, His blessing will flow over your life. You will be challenged because the Antichrist, the anti, the one against the anointed one, we need to live in the overflow of that. Let's have a look at one more and we'll pick some more up in a week or two. Parents, children, the Bible says in Matthew 19, 19, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Ephesians 6, 1 says, children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you and the Lord will help you. For the commandment, honor your father and your mother, was the first of the Ten Commandments with a promise attached. You will prosper and live a long, full life if you honour your parents. Now, we know that truth. And now, that's not just for kids and teenagers. It's for us as adults to continue to honour our parents. And whether you had parents who were honourable and trustworthy or ones that didn't set the best example, God says you need to by your words and your attitudes and actions. Because if we don't honour and do what God's Word says... You are trapping and tripping yourself up and it cuts off one of the ways of God's blessing for your life. And I look around here and I can see people in this church who have learned to honour their parents, not only when they were young, but when they were middle-aged and even older, 
and looked and cared for their elderly parents to bless them, to care for them the latter years of their life. I look around, I can see lots of people that have done that. Let me tell you, you are obeying the word which says to honor your parents. And blessing comes over your life. And sometimes it's hard, even if they don't value it or appreciate it, or even push away from it because of their own brokenness or journey. If you're a Christian, they're not. Hey, there's power in honoring your parents by your words and actions in every way possible. Blessing flows on your life. And Marilyn and I, we've done this over the years. As they got elderly, and we'd, I've got five brother, four brothers and a sister, and sometimes we'd be the ones living the furthest away, but we were the ones who traveled most often to go and visit them and pray for them. I said, you guys live down the street. How come you don't go and visit them? They would do occasionally. We would go take us a half a day to get there and, and come back. We didn't have much spare money when we were raising the kids. But we, I understood the power of this verse because I loved them and wanted to honor them, to honor them. And Marilyn had the privilege of leading a stepdad to Jesus months before he died. And he was a stubborn old guy who just said, don't ever pray for me. Mate, he nearly died four times and eventually he let her pray and lead him to Jesus in the, in the hospital bed because we wanted to honour them and see them come to Christ. This is a powerful verse, not just for children, but for all of our life because it's an honour and respect for authority. I want to just tell a little story as we think about it today because for some of us that's a challenge because you've had maybe parents that have abandoned you or left you or dishonored you what do you do you can't honor the wrong that they've done or haven't done position and the place of authority and and ask God's grace to help you to honor the prodigal son is I just want to have a quick look at that before we finish today this is it's not really I don't call it the prodigal son story it's really the story of an honoring compassionate father the prodigal son dishonored his father by demanding his share of the inheritance in Luke 15. Then he went out and wasted it all. He finally came to his senses. Then he came home repenting and asking for forgiveness. He approached his father with honor, weighty respect and courtesy. The father had already forgiven him a long time ago, runs to meet and then restores the prodigal son to his position of relationship and honor in the family. In response to his son's humility, the father did three amazing actions that clearly communicated his feelings for his son. They are highly symbolic for us. Number one, what did he do? He went and placed a special robe over him. This robe was not just a normal covering. This was a special robe of honor. It represented restoring honor and dignity to his son, who had taken a third of the inheritance and had blown it all, messed up his life, dishonored, trashed the family's name and all sorts of stuff where he dishonored. But when he came to his senses, he came back, I'll just be a servant in the house and I've realized I'm wrong, I'm going to repent before my father and the father in heaven. And God then came and restored his life. This is what he's done for each one of us. We didn't deserve it, but this is the grace of God. No longer was the evidence of the son's sin in full view for all to see. He'd been out feeding pigs, probably in a shower for weeks or months. And yet the father didn't take him and put a shower on. He put the robe over the top of his sin and shame. No longer was his shame and filth exposed and displayed. 
kings, priests and people of influence wore this kind of robe. By placing one on his son, the father communicated to everyone that his son was restored to the position he, he once held. Wow. There's a beautiful picture of the robe of righteousness that is placed on all who receive Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. This is God's way of communicating to us that he no longer sees our past and our failures, but only the favour and authority he originally created us to have and placed on us. That's what happens when we get born again and the robe of righteousness comes over our lives. Secondly, the father put a ring on his finger. This act symbolized the restoration of the son's full authority in the father's household. Wow. Didn't even give him a proving time. This just blows me away, the grace of Jesus revealed here of the Father God. It was not dependent on the son's behavior, but on his rightful position as a son. When he honored his father, he was restored to his place of authority. That's what happens when we honor God in our lives. He gives us authority to pray, to influence people's lives. If you want to have authority, if you want to have leadership and influence, you've got to come the way of honor. Otherwise, it'll never work. It's just a foundational principle of life. Thirdly, the father put sandals on his son's feet. What's so special about sandals? This act symbolized the way the father wanted his son to walk, not as a slave, but as a son. Because slaves didn't wear sandals, they were easily distinguished from those in authority. By covering the young man's feet, the father communicated his restored position as a son. How beautiful are those pictures there? That the father, that's why the story is not really to the prodigal son, it's the compassionate, honoring father is really should be the title of this story. Because that's the real picture here. And all of us have dishonored God in times in our lives or dishonored family or missed someone. We haven't honored one another out of pain or selfishness or fear of rejection. But hey, the grace of God comes when we come with an open heart Say, Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me, and teach me how to live a life of honor. Some of you have, you know, it's so easy in our world today to think, well, it's my rights, and it's my opinion, and it's my preferences, that's what rules my life. Folks, that's, if you live like that, you're not going to honor those that you should be honoring. And I just believe God wants to teach us in our households, in our workplaces. We've got a few more to go through and we'll pick that up next time we, we teach on this in a couple of weeks' time. And I want to encourage you, there is great power in honouring. And some of you have had struggles in your life. You've had struggles in your workplace with bosses and let me tell you, it tracks back to how you've treated your parents and haven't sorted that out yet because they were a primary source of authority in your life. Or it's tracked back up pick up next time. You say, well, they, they did wrong stuff. Hey, none of us are perfect in this life. I don't honor the police because they've ripped us off and we know there's corruption. Hey, if someone does wrong, that doesn't excuse you from the principle of the word of God 
you still have a right to address issues, things wrong, but you still have an attitude of honour for the position and the role. That's the difference. Because if we get that messed up, you are putting stumbling blocks in your life and your family and your relationships. Quiet on you today. I love encouraging people, but the truth has to set us free. And I love preaching nice encouraging words, and this is a powerful truth. But I just know this stumbles up so many people. And our society wonders why we have strife in our households and our workplaces and our community. Because sometimes this just isn't working. And I want to encourage you. If the Spirit of God stir in our hearts, say, Lord, teach us how to honour. Teach us how to honour. As the worship team comes today. And one more thought. Jesus was the most amazing, amazing man of God and son of God. But it says in Mark 6, verse 4, Jesus said, A prophet is treated with honour everywhere except in his own hometown. He was unable to do any great miracles in Nazareth except to heal a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at the depth of their unbelief. Then Jesus went out into the different villages and taught the people. Dishonor hindered Jesus from doing miracles in his hometown. Do you see how powerful this is? If we don't get this honor thing right, we can hinder God doing powerful things in and through us. That is just scary, but it's the truth. Honor in our lives are just amazing because it just brings an open heaven over your life. You'll still have battles and challenges, but I just believe God wants to free our hearts so we can live in the overflow of this. And many of you have proved this over and over again, so this is just a reminder. For some that are newer Christians or some that have just hit stumbles in their life, you've, today the Word of the Lord's just cut through and given you a key that can help you move into a place of freedom. And it takes time to change, doesn't it? If we've had patterns in our life or attitudes, it takes time to change, but God's always wanting to help us. And He's there to help us. I just feel, I just feel a word like this is drawing people into a place of freedom. Let's stand in His presence right now. I just feel drawing in for people's hearts. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.